This is the Retail Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you education, information, and inspiration, only on market scale. Place the item in the backing area. We're on that third mega trend where consumers really have taken over the shopping channel because now they're walking into stores a lot more informed. For a lot of brands, especially digital natives, they want to test and see what's working first and then make some educated decisions. We don't hide from the fact that retail is difficult. You know, every day is a challenge, but that excites the customers. They love that. We've got fresh inventory and the doors are open. All right. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Market Scale Retail Podcast. It's been too long and it's good to be back with some shiny new content for a brand new year. I'm your host today, Tyler Kern, and this episode is going to be a look back at 2018 and the holiday season that was, as well as a look forward into 2019. And joining us on today's podcast is Stephanie Sullivan of Soli Consult and Tony D'Onofrio, the CEO of TD Insights, and they both had good things to say about the retail industry's performance in 2018, especially as it relates to the holiday season that just passed us by. So today's podcast is going to start off with our course. Shelby Skirhawk chatting with Stephanie Sullivan about that holiday season, followed up by my conversation with Tony D'Onofrio, where we spend a lot of time looking ahead at the trends that he expects to see in 2019. We discussed how millennials becoming the largest generation in the United States will impact the retail industry and whether or not he believes that the trend of cashierless stores will continue. We wrap up the show today with our correspondent, Sean Heath, shining a spotlight on one of the biggest struggles in the industry, and that is returns. He says that doing this on the front end will help reduce returns on the back end big time. So you're going to want to stick around and hear what he has to say about that. All of that is coming up on the show today. It's going to be jam-packed, and I'm really excited for you to get to hear it. So without further ado, let's get to that conversation that our correspondent, Shelby Skirhawk, had with Stephanie Sullivan of Sully Consul. The word doorbuster brings a smile to Stephanie Sullivan's face. You know, I just remember as a kid um, getting up before the sun to go get the doorbuster at Macaray's. That's just what you did. And, and you had to be there by a certain time and get in line. And if you didn't get there, you didn't get it. And I also remember, you know, department stores handing out boxes of Cracker Jacks with deals in those boxes. So whatever deal you got in your box, that's the doorbuster deal that you received that day. Nowadays, Stephanie is an Arkansas retail analyst and professional development consultant. She notes this season as a particular high note in the past decade's holiday shopping seasons. 2018 was a banner year for holiday sales and the best in years, according to MasterCard Spending Polls, who recently released its early shopping results, with this year's sales topping $850 billion, a 5.1% increase over last year. As is family tradition, she braved the crowds on Thanksgiving night and Black Friday morning to see firsthand how holiday retail sales were shaping up in her neck of the woods. I'm a Black Friday shopper and I don't go because I'm looking for the best deal. I'm just going because I like to people watch and I just think the fun and the thrill of it and all. And But I, I, I go with my sister and we usually go to Walmart on Thursday night and then we hit our department stores on Friday morning. But what we noticed this year was that there was a lot fewer actual shoppers in the store, both Thursday night and Friday, just at least in our experience. So I started digging around and trying to understand if it was just us and where we were or what is that a general statement across retail? And that was pretty generally true. 
Department stores saw a 1.3% decline in overall category sales this year, despite the fact that sales grew 10% online. Online shopping achieved particularly high gains, with sales soaring 19.1% compared to 2017. And so remember, we've had a 5.1 increase over prior year sales, but the number of people are down in the retail stores. And so what that tells me and is now confirmed is that online deals were as good as in-store deals. And so that's one way I think retailers have solved to help alleviate the pressure at the store. But also um, it just shows that that the shopper is changing um, just in how they shop and when they shop and what they're looking for. This year's top categories included total apparel, which grew almost 8% over last year. That's the highest rate of increase since 2010. Home improvement spending grew 9%, and home furniture and furnishings grew 2%. One surprise was a slight fall in electronics and appliances sales. So building materials and supplies were the number one increased area of spending for the holidays. Electronics and appliances were number three, and I expected that to be number one. Stephanie says some of the most popular gifts given this year were the Instapot and Roomba vacuums. I think overall, at the end of the day, the results were stronger than expected. The key takeaways for this holiday were retail just looked different this year and the online and the in-store sales were consistent and in tandem, not separate. At the end of the day, driving that is money in the pocket of shoppers. And I think retail proved it this year. For the first time in 10 years, we've had the strongest holiday sales that we've ever had. And I think all the stars aligned this year. And yes, Stephanie does usually find great deals on Black Friday. All right. Thank you again to Stephanie Sullivan for joining us on the Market Scale Retail Podcast. And thank you to our correspondent, Shelby Skirhawk, for that piece of information. We really enjoyed uh, getting that perspective there on the show today. All right. Coming up next is my conversation with Tony D'Onofrio. And we're going to talk a lot about trends coming up in the industry in 2019. So what does he expect to see from the fact that millennials are now the largest generation in the country? And what does he think about the trend of cashierless stores continuing to become a bigger and bigger thing? We've seen Amazon try it. We know that uh, there's a Sam's Club in the Dallas-Fort Worth area uh, that is a cashierless store. So what exactly is going to be the future of that trend and where does he see that continuing? Also, what kind of technology is innovating in the space that he sees uh, that will continue in 2019 as well? So a lot of the trends that he expects to see in the new year, as well as a brief little look back at the holiday season of 2018 as well, looking at some of the economic numbers and some of the numbers that come out of that as well. So a lot of information coming up next with my conversation with Tony D'Onofrio, the CEO of TD Insights. All right. Joining me now on the Retail Podcast here presented by MarketScale is Tony D'Onofrio. He's the CEO of TD Insights, LLC. You can find out more about him and read more of his work at TonyD'Onofrio.com. He's got 30 plus years in the industry. Tony, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today, sir. Pleasure to be here. Thank you very much, Carlo. I'm looking forward to the discussion. Yeah, it's really good to talk to you today. And, uh, you know, we're hitting a new year. Happy New Year, by the way. You know, we're hitting a new year here in 2019. Uh, But before we get too far into 2019. Why don't we take a step back and look back at 2018 and kind of some of the lessons that we learned from the previous year. So as we hit 2019, what are some of the big themes that you're taking away from 2018? 
So some of the big teams that I'm taking away, number one, actually, I think retail had a good year, uh, actually a very good year. If you look at the holiday season, they ended up the best in six years with uh, sales up 5%, according to MasterCard, over 5%. So a really good uh, holiday year here. And it, and it was actually a global good holiday year. So in China, they had Singles Day, uh, which is uh, November 11th, where singles celebrate by buying themselves a gift. And Alibaba scored $30 billion in 24 hours. Uh, that's an amazing feat. And that was up from $25 billion last year. In just the first minute, they basically sold $1 billion worth of goods. It's an amazing feat. That's incredible. Uh, so in, we just had the holiday season here in the United States. And I was wondering, are, are we far enough removed from it to be able to look back at the holiday season uh, here in the U.S. and, and really take some, take some conclusions and, and draw some, uh, some conclusions from the numbers that we saw? So the, all the data seems to indicate that it, uh, from a sales point of view, was good, but not good for everyone. I think department stores, uh, the latest data I saw, still struggle to some of the holiday season. But most of the other sectors uh, actually had a decent holiday season. Uh, the best, of course, was online. Amazon had record shipments, a record year. But in general, online had substantial growth, and that's expected to actually continue into 2019. So it was a good year for basically getting gifts this year again, once again. That's really good to hear. And, and so you, you had a, a great post on your website called A Happy, Uncertain, Risky, Promising, Disruptive, Prosperous 2019. Uh, and, and I really enjoyed getting to read it. And one of the big themes that you talked about in that post was that this will be the year that millennials are going to overtake baby boomers as the largest generation in the United States. And I was wondering, what, what is particularly significant about that for the retail industry? Well, millennials have, have had this uh, hate-love relationship with uh, the retail industry especially. Uh, they've been accused of killing a whole bunch of things. In the latest count, I'm, I'm almost about uh, 20 things that the millennials have killed, anywhere from casual dining to traditional weddings to razors to toys to even department stores. And the latest one I just heard, American cheese, was one of the latest things that uh, millennials are getting ready to kill. But I think millennials is a, is a big opportunity going forward. And I think that was exemplified by what Gucci did uh, last year in terms of their sales and targeting their brand and millennials and really achieving a substantial sales growth to the millennial generation. So uh, 2019 will be the year where 73 million millennials will overtake the 72 million baby boomers, which was the largest generation. And I think that's a major opportunity for retail going forward. Do you think that brands and the retail industry as a whole, they're still trying to wrap their minds around what exactly drives and motivates millennials? That is true. Uh, that is exactly the case, in fact. Uh, millennials uh, are an interesting generation. They grew up through some tough years at different times. Uh, and they, they are trying to define their generation. Part of it, I think, is, is uh, this idea of personalizing the experience and really getting, uh, having a brand that understands their needs and their unique needs as an individual. And the more that retailers can personalize and really almost hyper-personalize experiences to a millennial, that's, that's the brands that, that will actually thrive. To me, the future of retail is about strong brands and hyper-personalized experiences. And millennials are in the middle of that uh, transition. 
And a lot of that hyper-personalization is going to be interwoven with new technology, right? So what are some new tech uh, advancements that we're seeing as we hit 2019? What are some of the big trends as far as technology goes? So certainly some uh, connectivity or, or the smartphone is one of the key drivers uh, that's driving the, 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 te- the technology going forward. I wrote actually a, a, a series on facial recognition, how that's been much more acceptable going forward starting with the iPhone when they use that as a as a way to log into the phone. But you'll start seeing a lot more facial recognition technology being implemented in terms of allowing that uh, individual to personalize by knowing who you are. Some of that we'll, we will get into a discussion on privacy, but face recognition will be one of the ones. Uh, in general, the whole idea of being able to instantly interact with a store from any surface uh, will become important and that's from a smartphone to displays to actually engaging with products. I actually had the pleasure of visiting a new Nike store that was open in New York prior to the holiday called the House of Innovation and that's really, if you walk through that store and really understand what they are trying to do, they are linking the, the, the true technology by uh, the actual physical store to the consumer as they walk in, allowing them to build a really highly personalized experience. That's really fascinating. The facial recognition is really uh, taking off in a way that I don't know that I fully expected, but that's going to be something really interesting to see moving forward. And another thing that I've, I've noticed recently that's becoming a bigger and bigger deal, and you mentioned this a little bit with the smartphone, is uh, is cashierless stores. So I know Amazon has experimented with it. Now, even here locally in Dallas, there's a Sam's Club uh, that's experimenting with a cashierless store. Do you expect that trend to continue as we move forward into 2019? Yes, I do expect that trend to continue. And then it's all part of, again, the consumer wanting to shop the way they want to and being able to actually uh, interact to the store in a, in, a, in a convenient fashion. And that's called scan and go in a lot of different places. A lot of chains are implementing, even 7-Eleven, as we speak, is implementing in pilot forms in some of their stores. So you can walk in and with your smartphone, check out. Uh, and there'll be different variations of that. There'll be pure smartphone types of uh, technologies in the scan and go where you'll scan the product and then and do and actually walk out and the receipt will be generated. And then there'll be even more higher tech fashion, such as the Amazon Go experience. A lot of that, as I as I mentioned to different uh, companies, is already already prevalent in China. If you want to see where retail is going in in terms of some of this integration of of uh, self checkout technologies look to China. So it, when it comes to cashierless or, you know, an Amazon Go type idea, is there a balance for retailers to maintain there? Because some people are still going to want that one-on-one kind of face-to-face um, you know, interaction with somebody that works there at the store. So is there is there a balance for retail to make sure that it doesn't go too far in one direction and alienate certain customers when it comes to customer experience? I think there is a balance. And the perfect example of that, again, if you get a chance, go to the house of uh, Nike House of Innovation. They do offer scan and go where you can actually there's a floor where you can actually scan by the numbers pick the products you want scan them yourself and walk out there's also in that same floor you can actually pre-order it online they'll put it into a locker which is connected to your smartphone when you come back into the store through the smartphone you can pick up those goods and take them with you but then you go up one floor and you can design your own shoe your own personalized shoe with your own colors your own designs on it, 
even writing. You had people in white coats that are customizing products for you. And that's a blend. So the consumer can do both. Some days I just want to go to the floor, to the basement, and just do my own shopping. I want to talk to anybody. The next day I want to have a personalized experience. And Nike actually designed that in that store. And, and I think that will be true across retail. you got to be able to offer both convenience for the ones that want convenience, which may be this day and tomorrow I want more personalized, or you got to get into the high personalized. And the, the stronger the brand, the more you got to uh, actually have that variation available. Yeah, that, that really makes sense. And I like the, the case study and the, the example that uh, that you're talking about with the Nike store there in New York. And uh, one of the big factors, I think, in the retail industry seems to be whether or not people have money in their pockets to spend, right? So you talked a lot in your, in your article I mentioned earlier about the economic projections for 2019. So what are they telling you as far as what the retail industry can expect as far as uh, the economy goes? Well, the good news is that globally, uh, all the regions are expected to grow uh, uh, at a decent rate. So U.S., the current production, actually North America, the current projections have it at 2.2%. The fastest growing region in the world will continue to be Asia. They'll grow at over 5%, but overall it looks like the, the economies around the world will continue to grow, which that is good news for spending. The projections are also for retail to grow next year again. The current global projection is for global retail growth to grow at about 3% across the world. And that'll vary by regions. U.S., I think, is still poised to have a decent uh, year in terms of retail based on the trends that I'm seeing. But again, Asia and especially uh, new markets like India, those will have the highest growth in terms of when it comes to retail. He is Tony D'Onofrio. He's the CEO of TD Insights, LLC. And again, you can read more from him at his website, TonyD'Onofrio.com. Tony, thank you so much for the time today on the Market Scale Retail Podcast. Uh, thank you very much. A pleasure to be with you. Happy New Year to everyone. And I'm looking forward to another great year for all of us. Thank you. And we'll have to, uh, we'll have to chat throughout the year just to uh, you know make sure we stay up on all of the latest uh, trends and everything like that. So we'll be talking to Tony again in the, sh- in the future. I'm very sure of that. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you again to Tony D'Onofrio for joining me on the podcast today. I always love getting his insight. He's been on the Market Scale Retail Podcast a couple of times, and I always just think that he has such good insight looking forward at the industry and also just the historical context of things I think is really helpful to get from him as well. All right. Coming up, our last piece of content on today's show is going to be a look from one of our correspondents named Sean Heath taking a look and shining a spotlight on one of the biggest struggles that the retail industry has, and that is returns. How exactly do you deal with returns? And after a busy holiday season, a lot of times retail outlets experience a rush of returns. And so how exactly can outlets deal best with them? And what can be done on the front end to ensure that you don't have as many returns on the back end? So Sean is going to answer that question and dive a lot more into the issue of returns coming up next on the Market Scale Retail Podcast. Welcome to a Market Scale Retail Spotlight. I'm your host, Sean Heath, and today we're spotlighting product returns. I love shopping for other people, 
I love finding that perfect gift online, having it shipped to my home or P.O. box, wherever is most convenient for me, having it show up well in advance of the day that I'm going to give that gift to that person. The flip side of that coin is almost nothing is as frustrating to me as finding that perfect gift, and when it arrives, it's the wrong color or it's the wrong size. The material doesn't quite match the description on the website, or even worse, it doesn't look like it did on the website. There are three main ways that as customers we can acquire items from retailers. We can walk into a brick and mortar location and physically pick up the item and walk out with it or have it delivered if it's too large. We can have it delivered to us specifically. I'm thinking along the lines of Uber Eats. Perhaps we have, I don't know, IHOP or McDonald's delivered to our house. And then there's the third and most popular option for online retailers, and that's drop shipment. Uh, UPS, FedEx, uh, the Postal Service. Extremely convenient to have that widget that you found online delivered directly to your door. There are some challenges that come along with that. Uh, What if the driver leaves my package and it's not protected from the weather? There's a sudden rainstorm that was unpredicted. Or perhaps the squirrels in the vicinity decided that they needed to have that box of peanut brittle that I ordered from Virginia. Or... Maybe just some guy walking down the street decides that he needs to have that Google Home more than my mother. All of those challenges aside, the big problem that online retailers have is how they handle the return of those products. Aside from the fact that they will take a bit of a loss in having to try and repackage a product that was opened a little overzealously by the recipient. They also have to take into account restocking, maybe trying to recoup part of their losses uh, by selling it as refurbished. But then there's also the postage, the shipping, the actual cost of getting that item back from your customer. There are a couple of ways that uh, online retailers are approaching this. Amazon is uh, going to forge an alliance or partnership with Kohl's to lessen the overhead of their distribution centers by utilizing those existing spaces as physical drop-offs for customers. It's kind of handy. Um, I think personally at some point we'll turn our vision not so much towards how we facilitate the returns. Maybe we focus on preventing returns in the first place because we listen to the customer a little more at the start of the transaction. The founder of Mary Kay Cosmetics, Mary Kay Ash, was fond of saying, nothing happens until someone buys something. I don't entirely agree with that because the sales process is not just the moment in which money changes hands in an exchange for a product. The sales relationship begins the moment you as a company start deciding who your target audience is going to be. Who's your customer base? Then you decide how are you going to get them into your store or onto your website. Then you have to present all of the available options for whatever item it is that you're trying to sell. I believe that the true growth and the evolution 
of returns will be preventing them by curating the sales experience and the shopping experience much more intuitively from the get-go. It seems to me that the best way to keep me from needing to return that pair of socks is to help me make sure that I actually needed those exact socks in the first place. This has been a Market Scale Retail Spotlight. I'm Sean Heath. All right. Thank you to Sean Heath for that look at the problem of returns in the retail industry. That is all we have time for on this week's episode of the Market Scale Retail Podcast. Thank you so much to my two correspondents for helping out with this episode. Thank you to Shelby Skirhawk and to Sean Heath. Thank you to our two experts on this episode as well, Stephanie Sullivan and Tony D'Onofrio. We really appreciate getting their insight and expertise on this week's episode of the show. If you enjoyed this show, you know you can go and subscribe on iTunes or Spotify to make sure that you get every episode as they come out. Also, you can go check out the marketscale.com website and find the retail section. There you'll be able to find more content just like this, a lot of written content, as well as more podcasts just like this one. Also, if you want, you can browse around to some of the other industries because there's a lot of overlap uh, on our website between different industries as things become more interconnected on a regular basis. So we recently did a Pro AV podcast where one of the interviews talks about uh, how retail used Pro AV over the holiday season to really enhance a lot of the retail spaces uh, in shopping centers. So you're going to want to go listen to that podcast as well if you enjoyed this content. I think that's another thing that you might really find enjoyable. That is all we have time for for this week's episode. Again, I've been your host, Tyler Kern. Thank you so much for listening.